0: nights and welcome back to another episode of The Office ASMR, A Sleepy Time Podcast to relax and fall asleep to. Tonight we are on Season 3, Episode 21. This is Women's Appreciation. And I know I had mentioned last time that I was very much enjoying Brian Baumgartner's oral history of The Office, and uh, Episode 10 definitely hit different. So, we're going to get into the episode tonight. I just wanted to talk about that one a little bit because I also hear feedback that you, uh, everybody enjoys the preamble, which uh, is good too. But I also like to remind everybody to get your headphones on, no speaker, or no wired headphones, small speakers preferred, uh, or your phone, whatever you want to do there. And uh, your sleep timers to be set for this supersized, longer episode. Some podcast players will have you know end uh, sleep at the end of the episode, which is what I do in Overcast. Uh, I believe Spotify has that, or you can set it for a specific time. And I also just wanted to pull up uh, where was it here? I read an iTunes review that absolutely made my made my week. Uh, what did somebody say? Uh, oh, somebody suggested that I do... I narrate the Harry Potter movies in 20 to 30 chunks. And I was like, wow, what other movies could I do in those chunks? And funny enough, the second Harry Potter movie I had on VHS, The Chamber of Secrets, and I watched that thing like crazy. That was... There were a couple of movies when I was younger that were like that for me, where I would just watch over and over uh, to the point that I could recite them or do a, a one-man show based on them. And the second Harry Potter movie, for some reason, was mine. It's not even the best Harry Potter movie. Uh, just for the record, The Goblet of Fire was the book that like, was very uh, seminal for me. It was very it was the longest book I had ever read. It's actually probably one of the last books I ever just sat down and read the whole thing through, but I thought that was uh very interesting. Um uh, yeah, Harry Potter movies, I don't know. I'm I mean I'm trying to get through the the office first, but I'm actually at ninety nine ratings on iTunes, which uh incredible. I can't believe. I can't believe I I had a hunch that this would be something that would be helpful to people in the beginning and uh, just unbelievable support, which I really appreciate from everyone listening, including yourself right now, because it's ultimately just my goal to help you fall asleep. That's all I want. That's all I'm here to do. Now, that being said, this is also a, a fan podcast. And first and foremost, I'm an office fan. Oh, I guess I teased this before. Uh, the movie, the very first movie that I can remember being completely uh, obsessed with, and, and even to this day, I can still recite most of the movie and act it out, is Hercules. I love Hercules. I think it's a, I don't, I wouldn't say it's an underrated Disney movie, because I don't think it's an amazing Disney movie, but it is one of my favorites uh, of all time. Uh, in, so, uh, nice quick digression there. Now, Brian Baumgartner, the oral history office, what a podcast. Uh, I was, I i am pretty picky about the additional shows that I allow into my listening diet because I'm already pretty overloaded. I'm subscribed to, um, uh, many, many podcasts and I also listen to most podcasts at a 2.25 speed and because I have so many to get through and I'm more in it for the information, not necessarily the narrative. Sometimes though, I come across a podcast where I want to savor the listening experience and there's been a few of those and this one absolutely fits that mold. So, you know, I've been listening to it since it launched. Um, I look forward to each episode and I believe I mentioned this also is as a devout office fan, uh, I've heard most of these stories in some, whether it be the director's commentaries that I, I watched or, you know, interviews and YouTube videos, like most of the stories or even I've read books about the industry that will mention the office, and I've heard some of the episodes, uh, some of these stories. But to have them all in one narrative structure, expertly produced, and have so much of the cast be weighing in in a reflective way is really, really nice too. It isn't. I see. I thought that you know the people they'd have trouble to get involved in the show would be Steve and John Krasinski. 'Cause they are the two that have gone on to uh, such like big career heights following the show and, and sometimes you'll get actors that don't want to, you know, go back to the well and reflect on these things and just the way that they've all um, you know, avoided a reunion of any kind and that sort of thing. So I find that interesting. The only person that doesn't seem to have come back is Leslie David Baker, who plays Stanley. And I wonder why. Like, I don't know that he's been, uh, you know, I can, like, I can check his IMDb. Like, what, what's he been up to? I don't know if he, was he ashamed of his time on the show? Um, I don't know. It's, I find it very, yeah, I'm just going back. Um, it looks like, oh, he was in. Zach Braff's movie in 2014. Yeah, he hasn't. He did the Happy Time murders. Why do people watch those movies? Uh, Puppy Dog Pals. A Voice of a Dog seems like is a recurring thing that he's on. Yeah, I don't know why. I feel like he would have some interesting stuff to contribute. The same way that Phyllis is a really nice, like, additional character in. The oral history, like Leslie David Baker, same thing. It was like he wasn't uh, a completely known entity. Uh, Let me see. So let me go back. Uh, Actor. Yeah, he was in a few things in 2000. He was in Judging Amy. Uh, Just Shoot Me. Oh, he was a surgery patient on Scrubs. Whoa. That's wild. What a... What a convergence of my 2003. What episode was that? How I need to know. Wow, I'm so curious. Okay, anyway. So most recently I listened to episode 10 and it it definitely hit different because you there were stories recently that were coming out about Steve's leaving the show and the fact that it wasn't a fight or a negotiation; like they just literally didn't renew the contract. And to hear it told by the show creators, Greg Daniels and, and uh, you know writer Mike Sure, that he, um, that or and actually uh, Paul Lieberstein, who played Toby funderson also speaks about it in the fact that it happened amidst the network changing hands to Comcast and. You know they didn't think that he was an important entity of the show. Like, it really just shows when you know ownership changes hands like that, and there isn't this creative driving force—not just from the actors and the writers' room, but all the way to the top of the network. That's what really seems to create these lasting and timeless shows. And uh, it's been so interesting to hear the uh, real. Fake Doctor's real friend, the Scrubs Rewatch pack Podcast, because there are similar through lines and now I'm worried that I'm repeating myself from a, a previous episode on here, but this is all to help people fall asleep. It'd be boring anyway. Is the through line between a show like The Office and Scrubs is a humble, creative, competent showrunner and creator, which is what you had in Greg Daniels. Like, one of the things that you might notice throughout the whole oral history is just how admired Greg Daniels is. Uh, you know, Mike Shore mentions that he didn't care what the show was; he wanted to work for Greg Daniels because Greg Daniels would teach him to write. And you hear that about Bill Lawrence as well. Bill Lawrence had created a few shows before Scrubs, or had been, you know, showrunner and and a head writer, uh, but he created Scrubs. He went on to create. Other shows, I don't think any of them, none of them have had this quite the same uh, lasting power as Scrubs. But at the same time, he created the environment to foster the creativity that was Scrubs. And it's interesting now, I keep hearing about Ted Lasso, which is an Apple TV show with, uh, what is his name, Jason Sudakis. And it seems like it he was given the free reign to create what he wanted, and then that's what results in Ted Lasso. you know he created Cougar Town, which ran for six years. Um, what did he do? What else did he do after scrubs? He did uh, oh, the ground floor, which was Chauncey Riley, and that didn't really seem to go anywhere. Um, but look, you gotta have as many hat bats as you can in order to. He had a show like Scrub. So you know before that he was on Spin City, oh Clone High. Uh here that's coming back to Disney Plus. And so yeah, the oral history in in the whole Okay, so actually wait, nine, episode nine was the uh episode about Steve Leaving. Episode ten was about how the cast was dealing with Steve Leaving and the changes uh, both on the show the narrative structure the characters and the network there's so much change and it, and i think that is the reason that you know i largely don't remember much of season eight and nine i remember robert california and you had guest stars coming in and um the uh, sabre storyline like all of that i find so not like the office and you know, one of the things that they mentioned in the show was like paul lieberstein needs a lot of credit for trying to find what the show should be after Steve. And they start to really set up in the end of episode 10, the fact that, you know, the cast was pretty much like, look, do you want to, do you want to get canceled or do you want to end this? And then Greg Daniels comes back. And that is one of the things that I distinctly remember about season nine is, you know, there, it felt like they started to find their footing and really like end with a bang in season nine in a way that season eight felt very lost, and then you know it sounds like Greg Daniels comes back and he has a vision for wrapping up the show. And in the in the context of horrible television endings like How I Met Your Mother, I feel like we're really lucky to have gotten a good send off uh, with the Office characters in another through line. You know, except for the interns season of Scrubs, you know, the ending of Scrubs uh, with JD, to me is one of the quintessential, incredible series endings uh, on television. Now, admittedly, I haven't followed as many shows through to their conclusion. I know that The Sopranos is referenced like that, Game of Thrones, the last season uh, was a gar- garbage fire. And, um, you know, I I watched a lot of Big Bang Theory. I, I gave that up early on. And I was really into Modern Family through like season seven, but then I gave it up around there. And I know they had a pretty big like, you know, last season. Uh, so that that could be another one. But all that's to say, I'm really curious to hear the last few seasons because also there are some new things you know, the way that they're talking to Toby, I'm sorry, Paul Lieberstein, uh, and this is a showrunner, like a lot of that stuff is new ground. And I'm wondering, you know, where does where does that information go from here? And, you know, it'll probably be wrapped up in a book or something to really explain the success of The Office. And so, um, yeah, I mean, looking forward, I think episode 11 just went up. And so I've been really using those as a, you know, end of the day digest, uh, kind of wrap up the day and uh, finish up there. But you know, I'd re- I've been really enjoying that that series, and so now I also, if anybody's still awake uh, after all that, or if anybody's still with me, I've had several messages, and I've seen in the reviews, you guys like the longer episodes in the preamble. This is a bigger episode already, 28 minutes, so this will be one of the longer episodes of. My show, and if this is the sort of thing you like, uh, let me know in on over on Twitter. Let me know in in the iTunes reviews because uh, I'm here to I'm here to serve. I'm here to listen. Here to serve. Also, uh, I it had been mentioned a few times that there was an episode uh, mislabeled in the queue and in the feed, and I have to fix that because I I went back and I couldn't find the original, so. I will fix that. I always listen and I appreciate every single one of you. It is uh, relaxing right now to fall asleep. So let's get into the episode. Season three, episode 21, Women's Appreciation, originally aired on May 3rd, 2007, directed by Tucker Gates. We start off with Jim cruising in, talking to Pam, out of his Dwight costume. And Dwight hands him a sheet of paper, which is a demerit for being late, tardiness. And he says, you were second in command, but you're not above the law. I understand, I have questions. What does a demerit mean? And he says, you do not want to receive three of those. That gets you a citation. A citation, You're looking at a violation then a verbal warning. Then you're looking at a written warning. Two of those, a world of hurt, a disciplinary review written by me, placed on the desk of my immediate superior, which would be Jim. Jim wants a copy by the end of the day, or he will get a full desagulation. You don't want to know what that means. That's a weird one. That's a weird cold open. I'm sure it's been memorized to, to, uh, you know, three demerits, five written warnings, then a verbal warning, whatever I just said, I can't even remember. And I'm, I'm now tracking, when does the theme change? I can't remember if it's in season five, but I know, you know, I know in the late seasons they changed it quite a bit, uh, but we're still in the original intro as of now. We have Phyllis rolling in, looking very distressed. And he, she says, I think I just got flashed. Everybody, Everybody takes attention, and Dwight bolts out to the parking lot. And Jim says, I'll call the real police. And he says, what can I do to help? I'll check the web. And he said they've already had three calls. Phyllis explains she was walking to the building. A man asked for directions. As Dwight runs out to the parking lot, running circling around. She said, he had it out on the map. Angela says, you're a married woman. Creed says, he was just hanging brain. What's all the fuss? To which his talking said, he says, if that's flashing, then lock me up. Michael was like, is she okay? Bob Vance took her for a walk. Michael's like, Smile, smile smile Phyllis and he's just cracking up now what is so funny says Angela did he even see Pam or Karen from behind and Kevin's standing behind it's like I'm guessing not he finds it Michael finds it very funny like hilarious uncontrollable It's disgusting and demeaning. Michael's like, look, a guy dropped his pants. Have you ever been to the circus? No one's enjoying this. Michael turns around and does a, a finger through the fly. He's like, oh, he's back. Jim is like, "Huh." Oh. That's a good gif when Michael like opens up the jacket, Toby. Toby walks in and Michael's like Meow. Michael's like Phyllis got flashed and he's just cracking up Toby's like that's not an appropriate response I don't think the women in this office maybe you're the flasher Toby I was at a parent teacher conference let's see your penis and that that's like the Michael realizes right there that he screwed up. As that was coming out of my mouth, I knew it was wrong. Michael says in all the excitement, I forgot. My goal is to keep people safe. He seems now he's very sober and serious. For example, Jan and I have a safe word in case things go too far, foliage. And if one of us has that word, the other one has to stop. Although last time she pretended she didn't hear me. It's incredible. And then the next scene is Jan is like, come over after work, I miss your body. you like, I drive a lot. Spending a fortune on gas and tolls. She offers him $200. He's like, I don't know. That makes me uncomfortable. $300? I don't know. Let me know if you're coming over so my assistant can get more vodka. Are you there, Hunter? And then he's like, yep, got it, Jan. Dwight is stabbing Bushes with a a sharpened broomstick. I wonder if that's a callback to the bat? To the bat episode? When he, or no, the vampire. Oh yeah, bat vampire. Dwight is like, look, here are some penises that I found. This is the last thing Phyllis needs to see right now. Is this Is a Polaroid? Are those your pants? He tears it. He tears it. (laughs) (laughs) Due to a recent incident involving Phyllis, a map, a man, his penis, Michael has authorized me to form an emergency anti-flashing task force. Won't that interfere with your other task forces? Answer no, because this is given priority one, a petition to upgrade security cameras. I know what you're thinking. Won't that just shed more light on the penises? That's a risk we have to take. Pam, work with Phallus on drawing a picture of the exposed. Phyllis, sorry, I've got penises on the brain. There's like four amazing Jim look-to-camera moments in a row right there him. I don't often miss Roy, but I wish someone had flashed me when I was with Roy. That would be the ass kicking of the year, especially if it had been Jim. And then she's like, he would not have wanted me to have seen Jim's. Uh, Oh, I'm saying a lot of things. That's a great one. Phyllis is like, I didn't get a good look. I don't feel like answering phones. Women, uh, Karen comes in and says, look, did you see this memo? Cannot speak to strangers from Dwight Schrute. Attention, I am removing all bananas from the kitchen. I don't know why now, I feel like I can tell which jokes were written by Mike Schur. This one feels like it was written by Mike Schur. Nobody dresses like this, Dwight, and then there's a pan. Pan over to Angela. Michael said, just put him in a sack. Hit him with a stick. Women deserve the right to dress as they please. If Pan wants to show more cleavage, I encourage that. See? That's what we're talking about. Respect. Respect. R E S P S P T. Find out what it means to me. That's it, conference room, five minutes, women's appreciation. I don't know, James, did I come from a woman? Have I slept with a woman, more than one? At least three, Dwight says. Why doesn't Oscar run the meeting? Those are collectible action figures. They're worth more than your car, Dwight says. I know the crap out of woman, says Michael. He says, I want to apologize for the men that thinks this is a laughing matter. Creed wants to know what the big deal is. When Meredith flashed me at that Christmas party, I nearly vomited, says Michael. She says, I don't remember doing that. My point is a Venus. When seen in the right context is the most wonderful sight for a woman. In the wrong context, it's like a monster movie. Dwight, twice. says, Ugh. He looks kind of funny. He looks like he's about to break. We have to discuss, discuss women's problems, issues, situations, Women, are women skinny tall goddesses as portrayed by the media? No. Even the hot ones, pointing to Pam, they're not really that skinny. That says, you women are up against it. It's criminal. Society sucks. I don't even consider myself a part of society. I am so angry over all of this. That sounds like one of my uncles. Andy is like, look, you ladies are the fashion models. Yes, misogynistic. Thank you, Karen. That was not necessary. I appreciate it. Women can do anything. She said, I'm being, sec- you're being sexist. Michael's like, yes, I'm being misogynistic. Well, that was one possible explanation as to why you got that haircut. There's lots of examples of Michael being sexist. Dwight is like, Dwight says, if I could menstruate, I would love to. I would love to have a be able to count down for my last cycle and I'd be more in tune with the tides. Michael says, this is a mask environment. You need to be a place where you're comfortable. Let's go to the steam town mall. Kelly is very excited. Karen says, it's a little insulting but I have a bunch of returns in my car. Angela says, malls are humiliating. Store after store of horrible salespeople making a big fuss out of adult shopping in the junior section. Now I have a friend who, in order to save a few bucks, shops in the men, like the boys section, because he's a short man. And most of the clothes are like $30 cheaper. Now everybody's got their jackets and they're all headed out. Pam hands off a sketch to Dwight. He prints out a bunch of copies. I'm going to plaster this pervert everywhere. doesn't get it that it's his. Now we have everybody in Meredith's this minivan. And uh, how many is that? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven people. Eight. Oh, she litters. My car, my rules. minivans a lot of space Kevin comes to Jim when he's standing in the kitchen and is like look do you want to go in the women's bathroom you aren't curious yeah but it's every guy's fantasy he, Jim is like look the locker room when there's usually girls in it Kevin's like I'm going in He says, oh my God. Now we got Andy and Dwight. Uh, Dwight calls him Moonface. You're probably freaking no one likes you. And then Andy notices the sketch and he goes, yeah, a real deviant. Aye, aye, Captain. More like general. And now I am very certain we were just near Scranton. I'm very certain that it's no longer the steam town mall. It's it's like uh, what do they call it? The shops or something? I've been there before. There was a there used to be a mural when I went. And now uh it's a shell of its former self, clearly. White puts a red pin on a map Of Pennsylvania With a very small Scranton square Uh, Now we have Jim, Toby, Kevin All hanging out In the bathroom Oh and Ryan Ryan's like what's the occasion Six month anniversary Dating for six months She might mention an email I wrote a while back. Jim's like, yeah, I remember that one. She read it to me. She said she's not really ready to date someone in the office but likes you as a friend. Ryan, I wouldn't want to be in an office relationship. Kevin is just like cracking up behind a magazine. Now we've got the food court. I wonder what mall is a shot in in California. I wonder how they got the footage That'll be interesting In the Office Ladies podcast How do they get the Steam Town Mall footage Uh Cause we got We got them all here Likely out in California Michael says Look let's dish What do you want to talk about Oh is Kelly eating a Cinnabon Oh my I would Absolutely Crush A Cinnabon right now Uh so Michael asks, what is a pap, pap smear or schmear? Or is it schmear like cream cheese? What do you think of role play? Phyllis is like, oh yeah, it's fun. Michael says, Jan is a schoolgirl fantasy. I feel uncomfortable wearing the dress. That's a great one. And it's like, I'm going to the doll store. Sometimes cat kids are too flashy. Sometimes I order clothes for large colonial dolls. Jan says, anything that doesn't scare us is not worth doing. I like cuddling and spooning. She likes videotaping us. Pam says, oh my God. And then watching it afterward to improve my form. He says, it's not that bad. The worst part. And she shows it to her therapist and they discuss it. Everybody's like red, red flag, red flag. He's like, she's fooling around. It's a woman thing. This is bad. And you can see him like breaking down right there. Like, oh no, oh no. And then he's crying. He's like, oh no, I'm okay. You guys. What am I going to do about Jan? How many more? There's like a whole half of a season where they go through the deposition, right? Now there's a pros and cons list. Pros. Good clothes. Hot. Perfect skin. Nice butt. Phyllis. She does have very nice clothes. Cons. Wears too much makeup. Breasts. Breasts. Not anything to write home about. Insecure about body. I'm unhappy when I'm with her. She's totally fast, shrunken chesticles. I'm unhappy when I'm with her. Pam was like, look, you shouldn't be with somebody that doesn't make you happy. I'm happy when we scrapbook or towards the end of having sex. Karen's like, look, you gotta push through this sometimes. You have rough patches. Pam is like, look, it sounds like you're wrong for each other. That sounds good too. And you can see the dichotomy in their positions on relationships right there. Karen's like, look, there's rough patches. Michael says, I wanna break up with Jan. Wow. I wanna break up with Jan. Pam is very pleased with that outcome. Wait a minute. When is the dinner party? The dinner party seems to be, the, epitome of the dysfunction between them. Lodge party, brunch, party. dinner party. Thirteen more episodes from this. From this uh, episode, Michael watches or walks by Victoria's Secret and offers anybody to order anything they want from here. And Kelly runs in. He's like, look, some people want see-through underpants and cleavage. A woman looks best when she is just absolutely naked while he's standing in Victoria's Secret. We got Jim, Kevin, Toby hanging out in the women's room. Kevin's like, this is so great. We should do this much more often. Toby says we hang out an inappropriate amount of time. Creed walks in and is like what are you doing this is the woman's room I pay for the privilege of coming in here and that's it everybody just gets up he says I'm a pretty normal guy I do one weird thing I go in the women's room I've been caught several times and I've paid dearly Michael and Angela hanging out you don't want anything my treat Panties, we've got thong or cheese string Angela's like, n- not having this. Padded bra, see-through push-up, thigh-high bustier. I would love to buy you a fresh set of underwear. That's a great scene. Karen's like, what do you think, too much? Jim's gonna love it. Pam, Pam spots that interaction. I'm kind of in between boyfriends, she says I don't need anything sexy but I do need some hand towels I can cut up this robe One, two How many people are in her van? Oh, we got Michael Oh no, it's Jan It's the Answer it, don't answer it Michael's conflicted it's a flat tire and they pull over to the side Jim going into the kitchen and he looks at the poster gets a nice little chuckle out of it that is pretty cool flat tire from Meredith on the side of the road he says look you know how to change your wheel right Michael? yeah Somebody grab me the lever. Pam is like, look, Meredith, put your hazards on for safety. Pam opens up the trunk. Michael tosses his jacket. Michael does not know what he's doing. He tries to put the scissor jack into the lug nuts. Do you have a crescent, Alan? Michael says I'm gonna You take care of that I'm gonna do traffic Pam starts to loosen them up I change a tire all by myself this Bathroom's coming in handy Now Andy and Dwight Closing the fence Checking the barbed wire Justice never rests Housies? No Housies says he takes a candy bar hey look thanks for letting me shadow you today I'll hang some of these posters around my neighborhood schools post office you know I may have underestimated you you're not a total ass says Dwight to Andy Andy is like well alright all the women back in the office Michael's like, look, I'm going to do this. I need my girls with me. Pam, Karen, even Phyllis. Let's do it. We got Michael picking up the phone. We got the ladies in the office. And he says, I love you guys. Don't leave a voicemail. Hey, Jan, I'm just calling to say I think we need a break permanently. And everybody says this, but I want to remain friends. And in the background, you can see Jan walking in. Everybody's panicking. It's not me, it's you. And then freeze. Utter shock. Okay, buddy. Talk to you later. Jan is like, I was really unhappy with our conversation. I want, I, yeah, I would drive down, apologize in person. Michael's like, oh my goodness, is this really happening? He's, It's like, he's like a complete deer in headlights. Thank you. This is it. That's an incredible, incredible scene. We good? Absolutely. Oh, he's like, oh, don't, don't answer it. Oh, a voicemail from you. Listens to the BlackBerry. You want to grab some dinner? Yeah. And then you see her face just drop, and he, the whole time. You're just like, oh my god, and then he's like, maybe some Italian for dinner, Chinese. Her face though, she's like, what? And then, then she's upset, and then she's like, out, out the door. Any man who says, totally understands women is a fool. They are ununderstandable. I threw a coin in for every woman in the world to make a wish I threw a dollar in, not a coin I wished for Phyllis a plasma TV I wished for Pam to gain courage Angela a heart And for Kelly a brain Michael, how do you appreciate so women so much? You mean Logical, flighty, and unpredictable. Emotional. Well, maybe I learned something from women after all. We got a scene of Jim and Dwight here. Hey, Dwight, it's Jim. Jim, I'm busy. You're not. I'm looking right at you. Don't. I have information about the the, per- the pervert. Yes, I saw him two minutes ago in the women's bathroom above the sink. Dwight runs, sprints, and anti flashing task force above the sink. And he, the, the shot, he like lines up. The mustache, he says, Pam! I wonder how they lined that up. That must have been a tough, tough one. All right, and that'll wrap. Episode 21. We got two more. Two more amazing episodes, Beach Games and The Job. And then we're we're done. Actually, wow, we got two more super episodes. Beach Games is 27 minutes. And the job is 42, big, big season finale coming up. So we're going to have three long episodes in a row. Hope you appreciate that. And I hope you are restful, peaceful, and uh, sleepy right now. Good night. Sleep tight. This has been a great Scott production.